Welcome to the C3V podcast. Well, it's a very important day in the life of the church today, and I'm so glad that you, you came. It's important because um, there's some things I want to say that are speaking to our, to our future. But before we uh, wax eloquent on things, um, I want us to come into the Scripture, into Romans 8, um, in chapter 8 and verse 11 to 21. Now, I am going to read from the message version and I've been um, referring to this text out of this version over the last two weeks. We have talked about having a, a resurrection uh, expectation and we've also uh, talked about no grave tending. In other words, uh, we're not going to bury ourselves in negative conclusions and negative comments uh, while we're going through some challenging circumstances. And my word, has this church gone through some interesting ups and downs and challenging unexpected circumstances. God told us at the very beginning of this year, I must remind you, this is going to be a year of surprises. Well, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought um, all the various things that have happened to us and leave us at this point to lead us to this point that we are. And so we're speaking to our future here this morning and uh, continuing on really in the series, but with a very important element to it. So uh, the table fits right into this. Romans 8, 11 to 21, and I'll read it to you from the message version. It's such a, a wonderful uh, descriptive piece of prose from Eugene Peterson where he praises, really um, paraphrases this wonderful and often complex um, passage that Paul wrote. So verse 11, it stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. Gee, I love Eugene Peterson. Better than Shakespeare. There's things to do and places to go. That could be our new motto. Carrying on, this resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we're going to get what's coming. Now, my mother used to say that to me and I didn't like it. But listen to this. And we know we're going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. 
We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the bad times or the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. That's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. Man, that should put us into orbit right there and then. You know that rocket that never got off to the moon lately? If it had this fuel in it, we'd be circumnavigating the moon, moon ten times. This is an amazing, wonderful exhortation and a great kind of giving us the feel of what Paul was saying in Romans 8. So we've been on a journey as a church uh, through these series because we've been on a journey as a church. So our comeback from COVID was slow. We've had um, numbers of senior leaders move on. Uh, we've had changes in the board. We've had changes, I hope, in the boring and becoming more exciting as it's got adventurous. Um, we've had a whole bunch of things happening that have just reduced us down numbers-wise, size-wise, come back. It's wonderful to see you here, by the way. This is awesome. We knew that you're enjoying your summer out there, so we thought if we made it a bit more like summer in here, you might stick around. Sorry about that, but that heating thing is stuck on, and uh, we'll get that fixed, I'm telling you. But, but uh, you know, with all that's gone down, it's been very, very challenging, and particularly for Patty and I, and we're working through a lot of stuff. And so, you know, we, we are leaning into the future. We are not of those that shrink back, the writer to the Hebrew says. We're not of those that shrink back. You know, you can't keep a good man or woman down. And you're good. And this church is good. So we're looking to God for the redirection. One of the things we all know, uh, if you've been around here for a while, is that we lose our building at the end of uh, December because the wrecking ball will come in on this block and uh, developers have bought it. So we're in for loads of changes, but we don't make up a kind of a, a record and come down with a conclusion. Last week, the message was basically about strongholds are not the fight that you have in your mind. That's just good old, bad old uh, mental, uh, you know, weariness, contention with stuff that's going in and out uh, and all that's going down. The strongholds are when we make conclusions out of what's going down that are not consistent with Christ or his love for the church, or his love for his people, and his plan and purpose for us. And we make conclusions, and then we make confessions, and we start grave tending. Well, that's last week's sermon. It's all online if you want to go and hear it. Uh, but, but, you know, we're, we're at a point now where we come and, as we just read in the text, what's next, Papa? <laughs> you know, what's going to happen here? But a very positive text as it says that. So I'm going to read to you a statement of what's next. And this is very informative. Um, it's written because uh, another church is reading it as well. And I want it to be a kind of a record um, of this moment that's historic in our church. So what's next statement? You're listening out. I've got your attention now, haven't I? So at the end of this month, I, moi, will spend 10 days in the western desert of Egypt. You'll finally banish me to the desert, okay? So, 
At the end of this month, I will spend 10 days in the western desert of Egypt attending the official 80th anniversary commemorations of the World War II Battle of El Alamein in honor of my father's war service and to put the finishing touches on a book I've written. On the way back, I'll be spending a weekend at C3 Church Hanau, Germany uh, with uh, Manfred and Martina and uh, ministering there and enjoying fellowship there and all else that goes down there with bratwurst and beer. And in the first week of November, Patty will join me for a week with Whitman and Ressi Tolan in their church in Greensboro, North Carolina. Now, you know, just, I mean, you could clap. That's not the announcement. That's the lead-in. <laughs> because we haven't had a break since well before uh, COVID, and a lot's been on us. We've walked through a lot of stuff. So this is the beginning of things. So later in December, Patty and I will also be taking a necessary extended trip to New Zealand and Australia to tend to some sibling, family, and personal matters. It's not sibling, family, rivalry. But some, Patty, uh, through the COVID, lost a brother, and we were not able to be with him. She's got other aging siblings who are not well, and uh, we need to uh, you know, make use of this moment. So we'll be going there to, for sibling, family, and personal matters, and some ministry obligations as well in the first quarter of 2023. Now, C3 Vancouver will continue to meet here up until December the, I think it's the 18th is the last Sunday we'll meet here because the next one is Christmas, okay? So we will meet in here up until December the 18th, which will be our Christmas service, and we'll transition from this facility after our customary Christmas, New Year, winter pause break to settle into a new location nearby in early January. Location and venue is yet to be confirmed. We expect it will be within the general area in view of the city with the city in view. It's written on our windows. It's written in our vision. The relocation translation will be led by Glenn and Susanna under Pastor Bill Olson's close oversight and involvement as well as that of ourselves, Patty and I. As presiding senior minister of C3 Church and incumbent chairman of Christian City Church of Canada Society, moi, I have asked Pastor Bill to function as an interim senior associate pastor to myself and Patty for nine months from now until the end of June 2023. In other words, to be a helping and guiding and advisory uh, hand in the transitions we're making. Pastor Bill already serves on our society management committee and board, and you and I really love him. He's, he's family. So Glenn has been um, a functional associate minister, without title I must add, for several years now, and he and Susanna will be seeking C3 Global Senior Minister Ordination as soon as it can be done, probably in the new year, um, and with prospects of eventually succeeding Patty and I. This has only been resolved because at the end of the date, they're the last people standing with a heart and love for leading forward uh, in, in the ministry team. It's just been the process of God selecting. Patty and I intend to remain senior ministers um, at least until June 2023. Now, we're grateful for the elders of C3 North Calgary Church 
for allowing and supporting Pastor Bill to be closely involved with this church and Glenn and Sue's in this transition period and for releasing him at the expense of C3 North Calgary to make five trips here over the next nine months. So look out for regular Phil from Bill. Fantastic. Over the next nine months to be with us as, we tra as the transition progresses. That's just mind-blowing, their generosity. So C3 Canada overseer, Pastor Lorn Tebbett, has been kept up to date with these proposals and Pastor Bill will operate, who operates as a recognized pastor to the pastors under Lorne's auspices within the movement is going to be very much involved with us here. We're blessed to have their support on our stepping into the future God is mapping out for this church. So Patty and I are asking for your prayer, uh, you, you know, your prayer support, your support personally as we oversee what is now taking place and for... Uh, a faithful support to and faith in uh, Glenn and Sue's as they rise to this more responsibility, uh, greater responsibility. So much of the workload and burden of the transition will be falling on their shoulders. We're always around. We're always contactable. I don't care if I am in the Western Desert. It's about the only place you won't get me because there won't be Wi-Fi. But everywhere else in the world, even New Zealand has Wi-Fi, even. So... Uh, wherever else, and we are coming in and out all the time. So Patty and I, Glenn and Suze and Pastor Bill, we really believe in the future of this church. This is why this is taking place. We believe in the ongoing mission of C3 Church Vancouver. We believe that God has planted this. This is a God idea and not just a good idea and that it needs tending and supervising, there's a great little text in the Bible that says, dig it and dung it for one more year. Maybe that should be written on a t-shirt. We it won't go down well downtown, but we'll know what it means, you know, because then of itself it will spring forth. So uh, this vision, this mission will continue as C3 Church Vancouver in view of the city as it's on the glass there with the city in you. So that's the statement I wanted to read to you today. That's, what's next, Papa? Well, there you go. There you go. You're excited. So, <laughs> so let, me, let me read again uh, Romans 8, not the whole passage, but Romans 8, just the, the closing part of that text I just read, verse 15, 18. I want to I wanna just bring us, we're going to come to the table, and, and I want to contextualize even what we're saying and what's been happening in our church at this very important part of our life together. Visitors, you're very welcome in this service. I hope there's some take-home for you out of this uh, as uh, you can apply the principles of these texts to yourself. But uh, let me just touch on where this uh, verse 15 was in the message Bible. Bible says, This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? Okay, so I've made the note, and it's beyond the screen, but I've made the note in a previous message. That's saying, not timid, not tenuous. Yeah, will it, won't it, won't it is it going to fall over? Yeah, it's shaky. Yeah. Not tenuous, not timid, not grave tending, all right? 
It's adventurously expected. So it's tenacious. Tenacious. Adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? And I, was, I put down that as very audacious. You know a kid pipes up just when they shouldn't? Yeah, what's next? You know? And so they're bold and asking because they don't know the price. That's me. I hope that's you in faith as well. Not tenuous at this time. Tenacious. And let's get audacious. Let's get audacious. I looked down there for a minute. I saw Nicole. Should have been at the last prayer meeting. She prayed about four times and blew the lid off the place. So tenacious. So bold in the prayer. So audacious. Anyway, big words. So just continuing with that text, God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are, father and children. He's got this, people. He's got this. We made that a, a point, you know, three or four messages back. And we know we're going to get God's, what, what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. I mean, this whole text is up and expectant. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. We go through the hard times with him. Then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. That's why I don't think, there's Paul's writing, that's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. You can see the playoff here between the difficulties and the things you've had to go through. And it's very interesting that Paul even aligns our personal journey and different difficulties with the sufferings of Christ. Now, it doesn't mean, you know, the sufferings of Christ doesn't mean that every single one of us has to be crucified. Oh, my goodness. You know, that's a message for church, isn't it? Um, and how to build a church. You know, we're going to teach you how to be a martyr. Well, we do die daily. We do go through stuff. And stuff comes down on us. But as we tend to the spiritual life and walk with Jesus in that stuff, we are participating in his sufferings. All right. So the thing I want you to pick up, really simple, but I want you to pick this up. There is a then and now implied throughout this whole text that we've been reading. There's a, there's, it, it, it's saying that the, through the spirit we experience with new life now with the assurance of eternal life in the resurrection then. I want, I want to just repeat that because it's a really important little point from which we'll build another point. This text, all the way through, whether it's in this version or another version, is built on this whole idea that the spirit that resides in us now, the spirit of life, is the spirit of renewal. There's an experience of new life now that will have its full assurance and completion in the eternal life then in the resurrection. They are part of the continuum of eternal life, all right, together. There are renewals, there are refreshings, as it says in Acts 3.20, times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. There are renewals, there are refreshings, there are restorations, there are revivals in the now periods when our walk with God that the full-blown resurrection at the end time 
will be the completion of. All right? And that revival, that renewal, that restoration, that God coming in our difficult times to bring us up into something of His will and purpose for us, that, I'm telling you, is because the then life then, the life that's eternal, the resurrection life that's already working in us is expressing itself in the now through restoration, through renewal, through revival, through newness of life. I hope that point is not too difficult to grasp. But that promise of eternal life is now working in us. Now, I want you to note how Brian Simmons in the, tra the um, Passion Translation refers to the Holy Spirit in verse 11 here. He says, yes, God raised Jesus to life, and since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life, that's then, by the same spirit that breathes life into you now. The resurrection spirit, he calls it. The spirit of resurrection that will raise our bodies then. You all know this? You all know this? You know, you, you're all thinking you're going to go to heaven. Well, you probably are. But I'm telling you, you're coming back in a resurrected body into a new heaven and a new earth. You don't get a body to live in a totally spiritual world. You get a body because God is having a new heaven and a new earth. It's called new creation. All things will become new. And so heaven ain't the end of the path. Heaven's the, heaven's the holding place for when everything gets together and as we're praying in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it will be in heaven or as it is in heaven. And I'm telling you, God has got an enormous future for you and me that we are contributing towards in our spiritual walk with Him as we are walking with the spirit of resurrection in us. The spirit of new creation in us is leading us towards that ultimate um, happening in our lives, that ultimate end. So I've just got to say it then. This, the then life is now working in us. And uh, that's, that's just an important little concept all the way through here. J.B. Phillips in his translation, he makes this comment um, now. He says, uh, well, <laughs> he makes this comment. He makes this translation, but he sort of leaves the then part, the future off, and he puts it. This is verse 11, same verse, but this is how he translates it. Nevertheless, once the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives within you, he will, by that same spirit, bring your whole being new strength and vitality. You see, the spirit of the resurrection is working in us now for newness of life, for new strength, for vitality. You know, earlier on in this passage, Paul says, if you don't have the Spirit, you won't know these things. And I have to say, the people who are not born again of the Spirit of God, there's a gap in the thinking because they can't get this. This is not a mental concept. This is a revelation of the Holy Spirit. And when you know the Holy Spirit, when you know that you're born again by the Spirit of God, when you know you have the Holy Spirit, there's one of the ways you know He's there is this deep-seated assurance about your eternal state, your eternal future. Is this deep-seated knowledge that He's working within you, that your life has already begun to be renewed and will one day be manifest even bodily in the resurrection in new life. It's a wonderful, wonderful concept. But here, 
J.B. Phillips, he just goes straight to the now with this verse and says, once, uh, nevertheless, once the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives within you, once you've been born again, <laughs> he will, by that same spirit, bring your whole being new strength and vitality. So we can walk in the power of that life now, the power of an endless life, it says in another verse. Wow. Man. This, oh, I'm ready to go to the moon. I'm excited by that. There's no religion that offers this. This isn't about works. This is about the work of the Holy Spirit. This is about an incredible promise of God. This is about God's love purpose in working in us to bring about the fullness of His person. Now, purpose. Now, look at the full statement in the in the uh, King James Version or the Authorized Version. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we're not debtors. Sorry, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. I made a big loud therefore. And you know what a therefore is therefore, don't you? You've heard that before. If you see a therefore, you've got to find out what it's there for. You've got, to, you've got to go through the context of the passage. And the therefore is just simply this. Because of the Holy Spirit, we're not debtors to this life. We're not debtors to, we're not, we're not, we're not trying to make this life work for us. We are people of the Spirit. And the, 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 the negative is we're not debtors to the flesh, but the positive that's being put forward by Paul is, we are debtors to the spirit of resurrection. We are debtors to the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a point in that. Think of it a bit like a um, uh, car loan or a mortgage. We pay down a debt towards full ownership. This is not working to get God's favor. You've already got it. But what we're doing is we're paying down towards our ultimate resurrection when we conform our life and walk in the spirit we are paying down towards our ultimate resurrection we're in debt to the spirit of resurrection we have an estate that we are gradually getting more and more ownership of by conforming and walking according to and drawing on the spirit now we're pulling that future forward in our walk with god I hope that makes sense to you. you know, the, the, the Apostle Paul puts it another way over in 1 Corinthians 15. It's the longest passage in the Scripture on the resurrection itself. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren and sistren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In other words, keep paying forward. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, that's a very redemptive statement. If you've given your life for 20 years and haven't seen much, if you've gone out to the mission field and labored like many of the great heroes of the faith have done and seen you know, very minimal results for a lifetime of service unto the Lord, if you think your labors have not produced, have another think coming, the Apostle Paul is saying. It's very redemptive, for your labor is not in vain. And what Paul is doing here is he's alluding to the labor of a woman bringing forth a child, a woman in labor. That's, that's the whole kind of context of the 
the idea of that word here. And what he's saying is with all that pain, with all that labor, don't imagine it's, it's in vain. In the light of Jesus' resurrection, these labors are not in vain. They will pay off gloriously in what's coming, both in the near future and, of course, in the ultimate future. Hey, I want to encourage you. You're walking with Jesus. You're going through the tough times. You're just doing the right stuff all the time. You're walking in the Spirit. When you are walking in the Spirit, you're paying down on your resurrection. The only other alternative is to turn away from it and pay dues to the flesh, pay dues to the natural life, and that will not bring you to the glorious resurrection. That's what Paul's basically saying here. So everything you do in faith, everything you do in desire towards the Lord, when you pray, when you seek God, when you seek to move, even if you do some misguided things in your heart towards Him because He knows your heart, nothing escapes His attention. He's for you. And I want to encourage you in the, all the difficult path of keeping at it and keeping to it and doing the stuff and being faithful faithful and, and in faith. All of that, in all of your labors, Paul says, you're to know that it's not in vain. It's going to bring forth. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you with that, and I want to take us to the table right now. You see, this table, it's very important, actually, to the life and progress of the church. The church in history. <laughs> I sort of wonder how far I need to go with some of this explanation. But this is not just ceremonial. This, this is very much part of the concept of what I'm seeking to just go so fast and get out this morning. Jesus gave us this table. He said, you do this. The Apostle Paul wrote about it. And in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 6, he says this, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. The idea is it's not just a memorial service. It's a proclamation by demonstration. It's a participating. That's why it's called communion. That's what the word means, a participation. It's a participating, get it, in the death, burial, and resurrection. You say, oh, but it says that you proclaim his death. Let me tell you, that typical Paul, that shorthand, that shorthand, that shorthand for all that took place on that first Easter weekend. He's saying this very clearly, that when we take this bread and drink this cup, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. We are affirming it. We are proclaiming it by demonstration. We are participating in the process of God towards our own resurrection because of Him, because of what He's done for us. I want to read this little statement I wrote. This table is the moment in which Jesus' path, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, comes forward to be revived or to live again in our presence. He said, you do this, this is my body, this is my blood. What happened to him in that past event comes forward to live again in our present. And our glorious future in the resurrection, where it's all leading to and where we're going, comes backwards in time to challenge us to live in accordance with our future. To live in accordance 
with where it's all going. That is to conform our lives to the will and purpose of God. That is to be in faith and to be faithful. And so, folks, I want us to take this table. If I can have the helpers that are here that are going to do this, I'm just believing that they're in the house. And look, it's so important. Do you want to just share that out? I made a comment that this is important to the life of the church in history. Because it's this table that becomes the, the necessary centering on what really makes it all work. Our faith is in a risen Savior. But our faith is in a risen Savior who's paid for it. He's done the salvation work for us. Through death, through burial, and then in His resurrection. Our faith is in the fact that He said, As he broke bread, he says, this is my body. It's broken for you. Take it. Eat it. In remembrance of me. And then he took a cup. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for you. Behind that statement is this amazing concept. It's a theological one. You now and I now have been brought into the fullness of God's plan and purpose that He ever had for humanity. The covenant-keeping God has accepted us back into the fold of His love, life, and liberty. He's made covenant with us. We accept it. We don't reject it. We say, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so this table has become a necessary centering on the church down through the ages. It keeps the main thing the main thing. listening it's a necessary thing for this church right now let's keep the main thing the main thing and if the spirit of resurrection is in us let's live in accordance with resurrection no more grave tending not timid tenacious looking into the eyes of our Father, because the text even says we know who He is and we know who we are, Father and Creed. And so we go, what's next? What's next, Papa? Because we're living in anticipation of the good times. Because we're living in expectation, adventurously expectant of what He's going to do next.
if we can get this in our spirit and mind, as we take this table, what we're doing is we are agreeing with the new life that's in us. We are agreeing with the risen Christ. We're agreeing with the indomitable spirit, the spirit of resurrection that's already surging in us to get this thing going to do more of what God plans it for. And we're putting our big amen to how it's all come about through the body and blood of Jesus. So let's eat together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's drink also. Be grateful. Be thankful. You all know that in many Christian traditions, this is called the Eucharist, the Thanksgiving. This table sits between our present and our future. When you buy into this table, you're buying into the will and purpose of God for His church. This table is placed in the church. You might remember a message I gave quite some time ago, a month ago at least, in which I used a funny illustration about Wally the hamburger flipper instructing me on a beach barbecue that flipping hamburgers and not going to a Sunday meeting or joining organized church in any way or form, that that was church, not the church that I had in my heart to plant in that situation. But I have to say that Wally the Hamburger Flipper is a wonderful friend and a Christian at that didn't get this point that God sets things in place. He sets ministries and ordains leaders and brings the people together around a call and a vision. And he puts a table in their midst. And it's not just the family table of any family. It's the table of the Lord in the house of God. It doesn't matter whether that house is a barn or a building or out in the open. But it's where the church gathers. And in this table that's so vital to our progress, that sits between the present and the future, it is the connection to our future. It is saying we, are now got, we have now got this resurrection life in us and we subscribe. Therefore, I'm full of faith. Therefore, I am faithful. Therefore, I'm not grave tending. Therefore, I'm not going to be timid. Therefore, I'm going to pull myself up in the revelation of Jesus Christ who wants to burst up through me in the spirit of resurrection and say, what's next and where are we going? There's places to go and things to do. And I think that this church, as we participate this morning in faith, are preparing our hearts 
for the next surge of God's call and grace that's on us as a people. Thank you, Father. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening to the C3V podcast. To find out more about our church, visit us at c3v.ca.